Your Money Today, Caroline Wright looks at what's happening in one specific area of the ESG market. Good morning, Caroline. Good morning. With climate change hitting the headlines pretty much every day, it's hardly surprising to find that a lot of new technology development is being focused on sustainability. And this has seen a huge push in what's being dubbed clean tech. Now, to take a look at what that is, I'm joined by Stephanie Lung, who is CIO at Stashaway again. Hi, Caroline. Let's kick off with a little bit of an explainer. What exactly is clean tech? Clean tech is basically two words. So it's short for clean technology. Now, obviously, we all understand technology. And I think uh, if you think about clean technology, it basically refers to part of a broad set of new products or new services that are targeted to reduce our impact on the environment or even to reverse the damage that we've done. So if I kind of uh, take a step further to talk about kind of more concrete examples of clean tech, it can include quite a wide variety of industries. So, for example, from farming and water treatment to power and transportation. The category is obviously quite broad, but the common goal is to create a more sustainable future for our generation and generations to come. Now, one of the things you mentioned there was power. And according to Goldman Sachs research, the US Inflation Reduction Act will spur about three trillion US dollars worth of investment in renewable energy technology, which could double the amount of energy which was produced by the shale revolution 15 years ago. However, renewable energy is very much dependent on the sun or the wind, for example, which means power storage solutions are needed. And is there anything specific you're seeing in that? That sector in terms of supply and demand? I think unlike traditional power sources, for example, uh, coal or oil, where you can be quite sure that when you start to burn the coal, you will get power output. Of course, sun and wind is a lot more unpredictable because you don't know when the wind is going to come. Or, for example, for solar energy, obviously, there's there are hours during the day that there's no sun and you can't create solar energy. So that's why power storage solutions are critical to make these sources of energy more like our traditional source of energy, more sustainable, more stable. These solutions typically store surplus energy or electricity during periods of low demand and uh, high uh, supply and to release it during high demand and low supply times, for example, during the night. These are solutions that are aimed at smoothing out the unpredictable nature of these newer kind of power sources. And that is the key to building a stable, reliable energy supply, which is available around the clock. The other type of technology, which is smart grids, can also help us to monitor and manage electricity supply and demand more effectively, thereby making these power sources much more efficient. Modernizing the power grids can allow for real-time monitoring of electricity usage and even to predict when usage is going to surge and also when supply is going to change. So that makes it easier to balance the electricity supply and demand from the producer to the user. Renewable energy is probably one of the most well-known versions of a clean tech that we're talking about here. What are some of the more interesting technologies and sectors that you're seeing riding this clean tech wave? What's exciting you in this space? 
Yeah, I think there are a few other, I, I guess, uh, traditionally we think about solar when the sort of uh, more traditional renewable energy sectors, but if you think kind of more broadly, there are emerging or very interesting subsectors that are quite interesting. Uh, I'll just name a few. There's a, a lot more. For example, hydrogen. Hydrogen is like the Swiss army knife of renewable energy because hydrogen actually stores energy, it powers clean cars, and it helps industries to cut down on emissions. So it's actually regarded as one of the significant game changer for a sustainable and low carbon future. The other subsector is, of course, electric vehicles, which we're all quite familiar with. I think if you go around Hong Kong, uh, you see a lot of EVs. Uh, I myself also drive an EV. However, if you look outside of Hong Kong, EV adoption is actually still in its infancy stage for many countries. And the switch from conventional cars to EVs is actually critical for global carbon emission targets, which a lot of countries meet in the next few years. So this has happened. Hong Kong is, of course, a, a, a special location because we don't drive very long distance. So charging and refueling is not a big problem. For a, a lot of countries, that spans a, a bigger area charging and refueling infrastructure uh, needs to expand and that will actually power a lot of investments over the next few years. Lastly, uh, carbon capture is something that is not as discussed, but this is actually also a quite interesting segment. So this field actually focuses on reducing greenhouse gas emissions. That means capturing emissions at the source of even removing them from the atmosphere and even to reuse the carbon in other various ways. So all these are very, very innovative areas that we should pay attention to. You highlighted one of the challenges there that the EV sector faces. Obviously, like you said, very, very popular here in Hong Kong, but probably well suited to the market because we don't drive long distances. But the industry is also facing challenges around, say, sourcing chips. Is that something that's wider spread in the clean tech industry or what other challenges is the industry facing? Chips is one of the challenges. Uh, we see a few other challenges. So, for example, the skill gap is another challenge that we see. If you look at the number of so-called green jobs, that jobs that are related to the clean tech industries, they actually were growing quite quickly. So on a global perspective, they grew at a, at a rate of around 8% per year in the last five years. However, according to a LinkedIn analysis, the number of people listing green skills in the profiles only grew by about 6% per year. So there is a shortage of uh, skill workers in this space. And then secondly is the cost and environmental impact of raw materials to EV. For example, EVs actually require lithium ion batteries, which still come at a relatively high price tag. Now, of course, with technology, we expect these price tags to, to come down, but also the availability and responsible sourcing of these materials will be another challenge for the industry to address. So there's lots going on. Definitely that skills gap needs addressing, I think. Let's finish off with a chat on how investors can play this. How should they be positioning themselves to get involved in clean tech? 
I think there's various ways that investors can get exposure. And in, indeed, this, this the sector as a whole has been growing uh, at double digits uh, in the last few years. So it's definitely an area to get excited about. If you are an investor who uh, has time to do the homework now, of course, you can look into different companies developing different technologies. But because the technologies are still evolving, so I think it's way better to kind of invest in a broad sector rather than to take a bet on specific technologies. And indeed, uh, these days, it's very easy to do so because of the ETFs. There's a lot of uh, different thematic ETFs that cover different subsectors of the clean tech space. Uh, and also, I mean, on the Sashray platform, we have actually created a, a thematic portfolio called the Environmental and Clean Tech Thematic. So it's a great way to invest for the long term because you benefit from the compounding of these growth in these areas. Thank you so much for your insights today. That's Stephanie Lung, CIO at Stashaway. Thank you and look forward to our next chat.